You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Well, good morning. My name is Phil Nelson. For those of you who don't know me, those of you who are visiting, we're so glad that you took time out of your Sunday to, uh, to be with us. We hope that you uh, find the coffee inviting and find our, our friendly faces warm and loving. And uh, we just want you to be, be comfortable to be yourself. And our hope and our desire is that you would encounter and engage the living God who loves you so much and uh, wants to bring real life change into your hearts. Uh, For those of you who call Elevation Community Church their home, this is a series you don't want to miss, and it's called One Voice. We can do more together. Could you just even say that we can do more together together in one voice? Ready? We can do more together. My prayer is at the end of this four- to five-week series that we would begin to understand and see the vision of God's heart for the kingdom of God, for the church abroad, but also for the local church bodies like Elevation Community Church. We see the absolute importance, the absolute crucial importance that if we are not of one accord and we do not as individual temples of the living God, and I'm going to get into that in a moment, but if we don't come with ownership that we are the church, that we will not be one voice as we're going to see in this vision series. You see, you can go to church, but it's when you become the church where life change and change in others happen. Do you believe me? So you can come to church and go to church and take notes and serve, but if you don't become the church and bring the church, then church really isn't happening. Let me say it one more time. We all on Sundays, we can check it off our list, and some of you, some people are awesome. They never miss a Sunday. You can serve every Sunday. You can be a part, and you can give faithfully. But if you're not the church, and you don't allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in you, the temple of God, then you're not really being the church. But I believe as you become the church, you will be activated, you will serve, you will love, you will come and give generously, and that's where life change happens. And so this series is all about three things. Number one is who we are here at Elevation Community Church. Many of you are visiting maybe for the first, second, some of you the fifth, sixth time, and you're still wondering who we are, where we're going. And what we're all about. Some of you have been here for months and you still have no idea. And so that's why we do this vision series at least once a year. So, who we are at Elevation. Our DNA. What is it we focus on? What is it that makes us authentic and unique to ourselves? Because there's tons of churches everywhere. Second, what do... Excuse me. Where are we going? Where are we going? So who we are, and then our vision, our mission. Where are we going? And then the third one is what do we anticipate? What do we long for God to do? 
So as we walk in who we are, and as we know where we're going, and as we operate in one voice, and we work together, we will see God do incredible things that we have seen in ages past. In his word, and we just look in the history of the church, God does powerful things when all the individual believers come together as a local body church. And they advance the kingdom of God. They lift Jesus on high. And they love one another. And they reach the lost. That's the church. And so before we dive into who we are. I feel the need to to share with you. The definition of the church. Because if we don't understand what the church is. And designed to be. We will not care a lick about the vision of the church. That's the pastor's job. That's the leaders of the church job, not mine. My job is to come and refuel and recharge my battery every Sunday. No, that's not in the Bible. We are called a church on purpose. And so before we launch this vision of who we are, where we're going, and what we long to see We have to understand and be grounded that this is so important. I would say one of the most important things for the local church and the broader church of Christ is this. You have to understand what the church is and designed to be. So we go to that Greek word that Jesus used for church. If you look at the New Testament, for church, it never means church. A building. It is not a building. The church that Jesus was launching and developing and raising up disciples to launch and lead was not about a building. The Greek word is called ekklesia. Can you say that with me? Ekklesia? Ekklesia. It means people. The church of Jesus Christ is all about people. And so the local church has to align itself to look like ecclesia. And this is where I believe for many years, not as a whole, but we've seen the Christian church in America decline because it became more about programs and numbers than people. It became more about the believers inside the church. What's that? Here's, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Yeah, the people. Yeah. You remember that? And we made it about the believers themselves, and we've pushed everything else that represents the world away. And we've gotten away from the purpose of the church. Yes, it's about the believers, but it's about people. Let's look at this verse in Matthew chapter 16. You, there's Bibles in the, in the flaps in front of you. you uh, we have a phone app, Elevation Community Church. Uh, you can uh, get the uh, phone app on there. Um, or you can, you can just go to any kind of Bible app and, and get that. It'll be on the screen as well. Jesus said to them, to the disciples, he was with the few, with the three. You know that Jesus had um, many different disciples. He had the hundreds, the masses. He had the 70. Then he had the 12. Then he had the three. And then he had the one. 
So Jesus had many different local churches. <laughs> and then he had the mass. I believe that was modeling to us what the church of Christ looks like. Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, we know as Peter, but his name was Simon, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Would you read that with me? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. This is an absolute key indicator of what ecclesia is. His people. And the church is people who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and they receive him as Savior. That's ecclesia. That is the church. And so then we continue to verse 19, and here's the verse for the church, not the building, not the denomination, but those who believe and have received Jesus as Lord. It says this, and I tell you, you are Peter. And Peter means rock, a stone, a living stone. And on this rock, I will build what? My church. Read this with me. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's God's church. God's church is the kingdom of God and the ambassadors and the citizens of heaven within that kingdom of God with authoritative rights in that kingdom. Holy priests calls us those who believe in the name of Jesus. The church calls us temples of the living God temples of the living God. And here is the verse that we so often forget. That when we become the church and we're grounded in the truth of God, we're grounded in the songs that we just sang this morning, that the gates of hell will not overcome the church. That's God's promise. But we have to understand who we are as a church in order to prevail and overcome Right? We have to know, and that's vision. That's the importance of vision. And so the incredible, the incredible thing that stuck out to me with this is this verse to Peter is all about ecclesia and is a verse to the church, to the followers of Jesus, for us to remember. Why do I know that? Well, I look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Can we go there? In a minute. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. And you are living stones. You follow? Saying we, as the church, are living stones. What did he call Peter? A rock. And what did he say? On this rock, I will build my church. We are living stones that God is building into his what? Let's try it again. Into his what? Thank you. I'm going to ask a lot of you today. So give it to me. What's more, you are his holy priest. You know what priests do? They minister and worship God. And they bring hurting people and the sins of people to God, to Jesus. 
That's priest. What's more, you are his holy priest through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. That's the church. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, You are, your bodies are a living temple of the Holy Spirit of God. That's incredible. And so the incredible thing is every follower of Christ is a family member of the divine heavenly kingdom of God. Hopefully you've been taught that before. Hopefully you've heard that before because that is good news. The kingdom of God, by the way, is here and it's coming and it will be established forevermore when Jesus returns. So the incredible thing is we're a family member in the kingdom of God which equals the church of Jesus Christ. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Not just America, my goodness, no. Every nation, every tribe, everyone who confesses on the Lord Jesus Christ and makes him Lord of their lives is a part of the church of Christ. But then here's the even more beautiful thing of God, how he paints such beautiful things and keeps everything in his control. He then takes every nation, every tribe, every tongue, the church as a whole, and he breaks them down into little communities called the local church. Remember, Jesus did very much the same thing. He took the masses A lot of times that's Sunday morning. (laughs) Took the masses and then he took the 70 that he sent out on mission. They were the hands and feet. I would consider them the core of the church. Then he had the 12, the leaders, the pastors, the shepherds, the teachers, the prophets, the evangelists. And then he had his posse. He had his bro hands. He had the ones that walked with him. He had the ones that were there when he was crying in Gethsemane. He had the ones that he took aside and told them some secrets that he didn't tell anyone else. And then he had the one, the one he poured into. One, some say Peter, some say John, the beloved. But that's the beauty of the church of Christ is now you have been brought and grafted into a local body. If you're not in a local church, we'll see you next Sunday. Or find one that fits you. And we're going to see that in this slide here. The beautiful thing about the body of Christ called the local church is this. The local church is supposed to be different than other churches. Why? Because we're reaching different people. Everyone has different styles, different songs they like to sing, some traditional, some contemporary, some like a liturgy, some like this, some like that. So there's different styles of reaching people. We have different strategies, different flavors. Some of you like chocolate, some of you like vanilla, and some of you like it all, Neapolitan. So The local church becomes this place that has a a creative, unique culture to it that draws people much like itself to grow up and get connected and serve like the body of Christ. But every local body should, and I say should, 
Because we know we live in a fallen world and a lot of times we either worship the creator or we worship the creation, man. And a lot of times churches will drift that way to make it about man and not about worshiping Christ. And so I say should. But should have the same overarching goal of growing together. So there's one component of the local church. To look more and more like Jesus. That's called sanctification. Through relationship with him. So personal relationship. You need to be captured by Jesus. Or else you're just a church goer. You're not the church. The Holy Spirit dwelling and working inside of us. Living life in community together. The word of God coming alive in our lives. Lifting the name of Jesus high in our worship. And reaching the lost uh, with and through the power of the gospel. Every local church that lifts Jesus on high should at least be grounded or look something like that. Agreed? However... How we do life, how we do ministry, how we reach the lost is going to look different from church to church to church. So let's stop pointing the finger, let's stop judging, and let's stop competing, and let's start being the body of Christ that is, uh, that is, is molded into different local bodies. That's what it's about. And so to to understand and illustrate a little bit better the importance of one voice, I'm going to ask you to participate with me, and you're going to, some of you are going to absolutely love this, and some of you are going to look for another church after this. So what I want to do is I really want us to experience, I want us to understand the power of one voice and what happens when we are not in one voice. And so this section over here that likes to sit kind of in the dark a little bit, this section over here, we are going to sing the very popular worship song, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And so everyone can go, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Why am I only one singing? So, okay, so don't make me look dumb. You've got to hold it. So row, row, row. Ready? Okay. Now, this song is even better. This song was written by Chris Tomlin, and it's Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Okay, so we got Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. All right. Then this side is going to sing David Crowder's song, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Okay? And it goes like this. Mary had a little little Good! Awesome! So what we're going to do is you need to sing a lot stronger. You're, guys, you're auditioning for a contract here, okay? So you got to sing really loud and strong in order for this to work. If it doesn't work, we're just going to stop. No, I'm kidding. So on the count of three, guess what? You're all going to sing your song as loud as you can. And some of you singers, I need you to really belt it. Ready? So... Row, 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 twinkle, twinkle, Mary had. Ready? One, two, three, go! Yes! (laughs) 
seat for the worship team. We would love for all of you not to sign up. (laughs) Sadly, sadly, that's how a lot of churches sound. It's because everyone's doing their own thing, serving their own way, going to church for them to grow. They have no idea what their church's vision is. They have no idea what the kingdom of God's mission for their life is. And maybe no fault of their own at all. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's the teachers who are on stage Sunday to Sunday, their fault. Maybe it's the parents' fault for not raising their child to know these truths of who they are, who they're created to be, and what the church is supposed to look like. And so I want this to stick with you. Because as I was processing with Daniel, Daniel, man, when the Spirit gets a hold of that boy, man. So he says this, and I love this. When you make the wrong thing, when you make the wrong thing the one voice, we create discord and chaos. Ta-da! When you make the wrong thing The one thing, you have discord and chaos. However, and what we're starting to see, glimpses in here and churches all around, is when you make Jesus the one thing. There's unity and there's clarity and there is powerful life change. When there is unity... And one voice, and Jesus is the main thing. Man, that's a powerful thing. Now it's not about a building. It's not even about us per se. But it's about reaching the lost and loving one another. And so to illustrate that, we have another song, and it's very fitting because Dennis Morris, you turned... Tomorrow. (laughs) Dennis is one of our elders and teaching pastors. And uh, speaking of our vision, when we had a leadership transition, Dennis was our interim pastor while working a full-time business that he owns. And this man has just served our body along with the other elders. But he's turning 60 tomorrow. 40 doesn't seem that old anymore. So with one voice, Singing the same melody, singing the same words in the same rhythm. Let's sing, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Add harmonies if you can. Happy birthday, dear Venice. Come on. That was our intro. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. The, the rest will go, go quick. But you, we needed to understand the power of being one voice because if not, you're going to disengage and you're not going to care what I have to say. Because it's not about my vision. It's about his vision that has been downloaded upon me, our staff, and our leaders. And we are so passionate about it. And so who we are is point number one. If you're taking notes, who we are and 
With the disaster last week, I will try to do my numbers in order this time. If you were here, you understand. So number one is who we are. It's very simple. Our DNA is this. We are all about this. Fully connecting people because people matter. Fully connecting people to Christ, his community, and his cause. Would you read that with me loud and strong? Fully connecting There it is. We have added recently the creative experiences and personal relationships. It's because that's where God has really made us authentic and unique in creating experiences and personal relationships. And what we mean by that is we look at everything we do as a church as creating an opportunity or an experience for people to get connected to Christ to personal relationships. And then the cause is actually not them going on a missions trip, but them making disciples. That's the cause. You see? And so we create experiences for the believer, but also for the lost to encounter and engage with God. And personal relationships, let me just say this. I, this is, this is what I believe, okay? This is not, there's not necessarily a scripture verse in here. Uh, I mean, I can make my argument and, and, and whatnot. But I personally believe that a genuine believer follower of Christ cannot grow to the extent they're supposed to grow without relationships. I understand that there are some socially awkward, um, some people have social anxieties. I get that. Some of you are introverted and don't really like people. God doesn't call us to like people. He calls us to love people. We need each other. We grow together. Yes, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus without anybody else, but how are you going to grow outside of your capacity to grow? You need other people to teach you, to walk with you, to encourage you, to support you, to hold you accountable to grow. That's why we do small groups here. That's why we do ministry teams. That's why we say you need to serve, not to just fill a volunteer role. To be on a ministry team and serve in relationship with others. And that's why we're so ecstatic that that this last small group season, we had over 170 people connected to small groups. That's huge. That's telling us, okay, we're starting to see the fruits of our mission. We're trying to stay focused. And, And here, this is the vision series. So yeah. We are a non-denominational church. Some of you didn't know that. We are a part of the Evangelical Free Church Association. It's not a denomination. It's an association. Yes, we are a church that was first known as Northbridge Fellowship under the leadership of Pastor Craig Nisley. If you know Bob and Leona Nisley, it's their son. If you know Tiffany Wiss, it's her brother. And in 2008, I became worship pastor. And yes, in 2010, we heeded the call to move to Blanchester and relaunch as Elevation Community Church in 2011. And yes, we transitioned leadership. I just said that when Craig uh, felt led to go plant another church and landed in Bloomington, Illinois, uh, Indiana, excuse me, um, in 2014. And yes, 
Six months later, the Lord had to break through my thick, 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 stubborn skull and confirm the calling that he placed in me in 1998 to lead a movement of creative worship, bringing explosive transformation. And I finally came and realized that the Lord called me to lead that movement, and you can't lead that movement if you're not the leader. (laughs) Took me six months. (laughs) Hello, I'm Phil. How are you? Yes, 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 we are an elder-led church. Hopefully you'll get to meet them through this series. And yes, we are a staff-implemented and shepherding church. Yes, our beliefs are built upon the essential truths of the supernatural birth, the sinless life, the sacrificial death on the cross, the sacred empty tomb, and the soon return of Jesus. Yes, that's who we are. However, we are all of that and a bag of chips. But our hearts beat And breathe and bleed this to create experiences for people to encounter and engage in a personal relationship with the Savior Jesus. That's the Christ. We want to connect them to grow as disciples in the context of relationships. That's his community. And we want to help others do the same of making more and more disciples, helping them to do the same. That's the cause. And church... With everything we do, it's not on the screen so you can write this down and I'll share this in the, in the weeks to come. With everything we do, it is going to be word-based, based on the scriptures of God, based on the sacrificial death, the empty tomb, and the soon return. It's going to be worship-driven because Jesus deserves it all. It's going to be prayer-focused because that's how we align ourselves in our relationship with God. Mm. It's going to be disciple-making. It's all about making disciples. So it's going to be word-based. It's going to be worship-driven. It's going to be prayer-focused. And it's going to be disciple-making. That is the church I believe that the gates of hell will not prevail against. So who we are, that's who we are. Now, who are we for? That's the big one. What would you say? What would you say? A lot of people, a lot of churches put on their mission statement or their walls or their bulletins, we are for the lost, yet they do nothing to reach the lost. So who are we for? When you come on Sunday morning, who are you coming for? When we do an event and when you minister on a team, what, who are we reaching? Who are we reaching? It's very simple. We are reaching and we're going to bleed and breathe and our hearts are going to be to reach the unreached. We're not looking to reach the other people who are going to other churches. If you're called to come here and be a part of who we are and to serve and grow in Christ and grow in who you are and contribute to the body of Christ, come on in. But if not, stay there. It's the unreached. We want to be a lighthouse, a beacon of light. People are drawn to who we are. The unreached. You see, the way we do church is going to be different because we're not going to do church like the, the churches down the road or in another city because we're called to look different. We don't want to reach them. We want to reach the unreached. And there's two categories of people under the unreached that we are focused on. Number one is the unchurched. That's those, many of them were you. 
who were never raised in church, never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, didn't know really what Christianity stood for, only what you experienced from other Christians, never been taught the word of God, you're unchurched. There are hundreds, if not thousands, in our surrounding communities of next generation and adults who don't even know the story of Noah, let alone Moses, let alone Jesus. We have unchurched everywhere. But we also have de-churched. And what I mean by that is many of you were raised in church, many of you started in church, many of you even have had a, a personal encounter with Jesus, was baptized, living for him, and all of a sudden you just kind of fizzled. And you got disconnected and disengaged and you left the community of people. And until you kind of hit rock bottom again and wake up and felt like you needed God again and got back into church and Elevation Community Church found you or you found Elevation Community Church and you got plugged in again and you started growing and life started living inside of you again. But there are so many people who are burned out on church. Burned out because of legalism. Burned out because people were judging them and looking. Burned out because the church wasn't being the church. And we've got to really be careful of that. Because every Sunday we have new families, unbelievers, unreached people coming and they're watching you and me if it it truly is the real deal so we have the unreached we want to be a lighthouse that is that is really the main category of what we're doing did you notice that most of us aren't in that category anymore so technically church isn't for us now i believe it is so don't, don't tune me out i believe that there's a part of it because we are a family But now it's not just about you. It's about reaching the lost. And so there's another category of people that we want to reach. And that is the follower of Christ. The believer. I look at this as we as a church want to be a potter's wheel. But we're not going to take you and force you and put you on that that potter's wheel. You've got to do that. And guess what? We're not going to do the molding. We're not going to do the shaping. We're not going to do the pounding. And we're not going to be doing the forming. That's God's job. You have to be willing to let God mold you and form you. But we're going to connect you to relationships. We're going to engage you in worship. We're going to resource you with the word of God of what it says. And we're going to walk with you. But it's a potter's wheel. It's not you come and hook up your cord, your charger, and you get fed. It's not that at all. It's you coming and stepping on the potter's wheel. Say, God, use me. Show me where I need to serve. And then you serve and you love other peoples and we energize and we serve and fill each other up that way. And then the next category is this, the next gen. And I am so serious about this. The last four years, I haven't been. Because God hasn't pulled the strings of my heart for this. Do you realize that sometimes, you know, the one voice, when you do the wrong thing, when you make the wrong thing, the one voice, you get discord and chaos. But you know another thing? When you make the right thing at the wrong time, the one voice, you get ahead of God or you drift. And I wasn't able to deliver this vision to all of you four years ago because guess what? I wasn't mature enough to hold it. I wasn't where God needed me to be in my humility and my leadership to lead this vision. But now that the vision is very clear, 
buckle up. The next generation is everything. The next generation is what's going to outlive you and me. The next generation is what's going to be our fingerprints when we leave. And so church, we are going to look different. Because we're going to be an incubator, not just for the unreached, but for the next gen. Next week, we're going to hear about the next gen. We're going to, we're going to have a celebration service next week, and it's on purpose. Because we want you to now experience the vision that we're giving you today. You're going to experience baptism. We're going to do our brand new child dedications, family dedication. You're going to hear from uh, the youth here, the, the next generation here of what they experienced with God and in God at Rush Camp. And then we're also going to experience the next generation abroad in El Salvador. We're going to hear what God's doing there. The next generation matters, 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 matters. And what we're going to do different is I'm going to continue to encourage the old. And what I mean by that, let's just say 50 on. Please, I'm not, I, I, I'm not degrading. I know that old, the word old has negative connotations. I don't mean that at all. But they use old in the Bible too, the older, the elderly. Okay? Your job is literally the next generation. Your focus is the next generation. I believe why we haven't been incubators as a church as a whole is we disconnect from the next generation. But our call as adults is to literally come alongside the next generation. We are to be their disciples. We're to be their father and mother figures. We're to be pouring into them. It's everything. They're going to be the ones leading the church in 10 to 20 years. When I'm coming in with a cane, still playing my bongos, but I'm going to be coming in. And we got the next generation leading our church. What are you, let me ask you, what am I doing right now to build into that for 20 years later? We have to change our thinking. We have to change the way we do church. It is not just Jeff and Tiffany and a few volunteers carrying the next generation and all the parents just dropping off their kids and just saying, here you go. We're about the next generation and we want to see an incubator, meaning we want to resource them, love them, pour into them, teach them the word of God, go to their sporting events, encourage them, take them out to eat. And you can't do that from afar. It's through personal relationships. And the last people group that we're about is the hurting. And we do this mainly through Celebrate Recovery, but also the shepherding team. And we're building into many different systems of assimilation, connecting people better, shepherding people better. And all that's going to be coming down the pike, hopefully in the next six months or so. But the hurting, we want to be a hospital. We want to heal wounds, not make them worse, not make them sting, not judge them. We want to heal them. And only Jesus can heal, but our love can be the ointment. So that's what we're for and who we are. And so really quick, this is what we long to see. You ready? Buckle up. We want to see the lost found by Jesus. 
We want to see the believers growing in a personal relationship with Jesus, serving the body and leading others to Jesus. We want to see the hurting find healing through their identity in Jesus alone. We want to see families. We want to partner with families. We want to partner with marriages. We want to see families restored and living out the gospel and the mission in their family. By the way, this is why this summer we are not going to do sports and arts camp for the kids. Number one, we've been through a major transition where Tiffany was eKids director. She has transitioned with her husband to lead uh, AIM student ministries. And Michael uh, just came into a fresh uh, position. And we love what Michael's doing. We love Michael. He, get to know him. He has a heart for the next generation. But we're not going to throw the sports camp on Michael. <laughs> That's just not fair. But what we're going to do is we're going to focus on families. So there's more information coming. But Hopefully in August, we are going to do a shorter, probably a two-evening, two uh, we don't know yet, but we're going to do a family camp where we bring the families together and the families connect with the next generation. You know what kids want more than anything? You know what the next generation wants more than anything? It's two things. Authenticity. They want realness. They can spot fake a mile away. They want authenticity, and they want your presence. They just want, don't tell them anything. Just be there. So that's what we're going to do for a family camp. We're going to focus on the heart of family. Yes, we have the next gen. Yes, we have the family units. Yes, we have um, CR for parents. Yet we have a marriage ministry started. We're so excited to pour into the family unit. So families, the next gen, we want to invest fully to connect with them with the time that we have left. So that's what we're for. That's who we are. And that's what we long to see. And so finally, with the minutes that I have remaining, this is where we're going. This is going to be just a launch pad for the next several weeks. It'll be on the screen. We're going to create more and more and more and more and more experiences. The more people we have a part of this, the staff can't do it. The elders aren't going to do it alone. And guess what? I have a family. I'm not doing it all either. I'm not your Moses. I'm not your Moses. You can go on the mountain with God. You can grow with God yourself. You can connect yourself with other believers. And you can become the body. Now, I want to walk with you. I want to cheer you on. I want to know what's going on, and it's going to be awesome. But I'm not your Moses. Daniel is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Call him. His number's on the screen. <laughs> Love you, Daniel. So we're going to create more experiences for three things, and then I'm done. So the band, you can walk on up, get ready. Didn't they sound good today? We're going to create more experiences, more and more experiences to deepen the believer. That's you. So yes, we are here for you, but we're not going to do it for you. We have small groups to deepen your life. We have Celebrate Recovery for everyone. It's not just an addiction program. It's church. It's where people who are struggling with their identity want to grow in relationship with others. It's Tuesday night, 6.30 is dinner, free. 7 o'clock starts large group, and 8 o'clock start, starts small groups. 
We're going to create experiences Sunday mornings for you to worship and engage and grow in the word. But more, most of all, ministry teams. Be on. If you're not, if you're not involved in a ministry team, you're not growing in relationships. And you're not fulfilling the call. The gospel is to serve one another. So we would love to, down the, down the road, we'd love to walk with you. I'd love to talk with you about where God has gifted you and what he's given you to contribute to the body. So we want to create experiences to deepen the life of the believer. Men's and women's ministry. Worship nights. Aim nights. Everything we do is to deepen the life of a believer. But we also want to create experiences to do this. To draw the unreached to the lighthouse. We're going to do more and more of these, but this takes a lot of creativity, a lot of resources, a lot of manpower. Trunk or treat. Every October, guess how many people come on our campus that we draw? Over a thousand people. We're drawing people not necessarily to preach at them and to teach them the gospel. We're just saying, come and see who we are. We're going to love on people. We're going to show them who we are, our DNA. We do trunk or treat. We do the uh, Easter walkthrough. We do the Good Friday walkthrough. We do different things like that. Um, You know, the Christmas and Easter special events. We're going to continue to draw people. But thirdly, we're going to create experiences to direct you all out into the community. Now, we do corporate. For instance, here's a plug. In two weeks, we're going to be doing a 4th of July firework viewing party. It starts at 6.30. Now we need people not not just to come. We would love the whole church to just draw all their friends and their family. Why are we doing this? Because we asked the community, what do you need for 4th of July? What's going to meet your need? They said, get people out to the fireworks. So we're going to do that. We're going to draw out the community. We're going to do raffles for a grill and some bikes thanks to AJ's Pizza for donating if your business would like to donate some bikes and some items we just had a hard time getting donations from stores so come come talk to me or Pastor Daniel but 6.30 is going to be the start and if we are all one voice and doing it together each person will probably only have to serve for 10 to 15 minutes if not 30 minutes that's it And we get to enjoy the event. It's not about working. It's not about doing a lot of stuff. It's about being together and showing the community who we are. And so we have some clipboards that we're just going to pass during this last call and um, uh, the worship response. So as you see it, if you're available to serve for a 30-minute slot, just mark it. Just mark it. But even if you're not able to serve... Don't worry about it. Just come and enjoy the fireworks. They even gave us permission to play our own music during the fireworks. Wow. That's awesome. So we're going to create more and more experiences to deepen the life of you, believers, to draw people to Christ and to direct people out to reach the lost But we can't do this without you. We can't do this without every single believer that God has called and filled with his Holy Spirit and given gifts and strengths to contribute to the church. 
So if you call yourself a regular attender or Elevation Community Church is your home, throughout these next four weeks, we're going to plug you into personal relationships. We're going to plug you in into serving somehow, some way with the gifts and strengths you have. And we're going to be one voice, one heart, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we're going to see God move mountains because we're going to fully connect people to Christ, his community, and his cause. Would you stand with me? If you wouldn't mind, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to just speak to your heart. Just my voice, no moving. If at all possible, no distractions. There's two things. Number one, maybe you have never, ever been connected to a relationship with Jesus. The really awesome thing is no one has to connect you to Jesus. You connect yourself to Jesus. Just like Peter in the Bible in the New Testament, when he walked out on the water and pursued Jesus, he started looking at the waves and the storms and the winds. And all he cried as he was sinking is, Lord, save me. All you need to do is call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Be genuinely captured by Jesus. You cannot live this life your own and on your own and in your own strength. It's only by the power of Jesus. He is your only hope. He is your only hope, not just for this life and your life's circumstances and your life's uh, obstacles and problems and joys and, and victories. He's your hope for eternity when you leave your body. He's your hope. And all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you. Come and be Lord of my life. He promises to come in and change you, be in a relationship with you. The next step that you need to take is to tell somebody. Why? Because then you start a personal relationship with others. You don't just leave. Get connected so we can encourage you and cheer you on and walk with you. That's the first group. The second group, many of you, when I shared this vision with passion and emotion and excitement, some of you just, I want that again. I've disengaged, I've disconnected, I've fizzled. God, I know you're calling me to be the church. God, I know that you have plans for me to pour out and to love others. God, I want to see the lost return to you. God, I want to be a part of your kingdom movement. If that's you, all you have to say is, Lord, save me. Renew me. Refresh me. And if you fit into any of those two categories, I would love to just encourage you and challenge you to get out of your boat right now and during worship as we sing about God's faithfulness that you would just come and bow a knee and we would love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you and support you. So let's now worship with one voice singing about God's faithfulness. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.